You've got to throw some cold water on this situation. Start talking about nerd stuff. You know, nerd culture is mainstream now. So when you use the word nerd derogatorily, it means you're the one that's out of the zeitgeist. System activate. This is NetHeads with Will Wilkins and Trent Hunsaker. It's a tech podcast. Tech podcast. But we are a sh- ton cooler than your typical geek, giving you the info you need to achieve mega nerd status. Mega nerd status. NetHeads. 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 You guys rock. And now, here's Will and Trent. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to say it, everybody. Maybe not so much Trent. Not not for a bad reason. He's just uh, doing other things. He and I, actually, we've got it scheduled to record tomorrow. Uh, however, it's a new year. Uh, I, I got that itch. I, I love to scratch it. I feel like I'm a better person after I've been talking to, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, y'all. Uh, and, and so... We're here dropping a special edition episode of NetHeads, is why I like to think of it. So it's a, if you're used to seeing video, sorry, there's no video to be had this go around. Uh, and I got to tell you, part of me is kind of digging it because I haven't heard these solid, crisp, just audio tones for a while. If you are not familiar with uh, the, the subtle nuances or the differences between the different types of, um, of ways you can broadcast now, whenever you're uh, doing both audio and video, Video itself is taking up part of the signal, and in most cases, with most codecs, it's it's preferred. It's it's the one given the most attention because that's the thing that people are looking to do. They're looking to watch. So uh, it, when you do audio only, you, you get this richer, deeper tone because there's there's more of, of that pipe being used. Uh, speaking of pipe being used, like I said, Trent's not here with us today. However, uh, we got a special guest sitting in, and I'm, I'm kind of excited about this because I actually got to meet this guy. Uh, you know, I it, this is one of those circumstances where I had interacted with somebody or seen the activities of someone online, and I'm like, wow, I really want to really meet that guy. And then uh, I think it was last year, in Las Vegas, I was able to. It might have actually been the year before, come to think of it. But he'll he'll tell me in a minute. And and I, I don't know how you want to be introduced, but to me, you will always be Jimmy V. That's how it is. Big Daddy Jimmy V on Twitter, uh, online social media. Um, but yes, it was October of 2015. Okay, so it was uh, it was a little over a year ago. Yeah, just yeah. some some a year ago and some scratch, and it was a. Uh, the reason why I took I took notice uh, uh, of our, our main man Jimmy V in this case, I always want to like throw something in front of it because Jimmy V just sounds so cool. It's uh, I don't know, it sounds like Rat Pack kind of cool, you know what I mean? Or or Bad Bad Leroy Brown kind of cool. Mm, there you go. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, anyway, uh, Jimmy V. Uh, there are many ways you may know of him, maybe through interactions on uh, social media, like through Twitter especially in reference to the Hollywood Babylon podcast. It may be from his own podcasting ventures, which, uh, sir, go ahead, tell them where you're from. That is uh, the Delete Before Listening podcast, uh, and also former From Ear to Table podcast. There we go. By the way, i got to tell you, unfortunately, I've taken the title of your podcast literally, so I haven't actually been able to listen to it because I do what the title says. <laughs> well, that's prob- you're probably safer off for that. Although I would uh, highly recommend uh, if you do want to hear uh, some good humor, 
uh, and just a little bit of what we're about. Um, one of our episodes is a complete detective story, 1940s film noir style with uh, music underscore. Uh, another one, we interview uh, two game designers out of Chicago uh, who uh, are who just had a phenomenal Kickstarter and uh, basically tripled what their asking uh, start uh, start off was uh, with the board game they were doing. So we we go everywhere um, and we just have fun. And that's OK, because that's the way like right now sitting down to do this. I don't have my co-host. He's doing something. Uh, mm-hmm. But but um, like yesterday, I and I still have to drop this. I've intentionally delayed it a day because I don't want people to think that the Neuter podcast just gets published sooner when Will's on it. <laughs> so we're not doing that. Uh, but that one I'll drop. And I just had a great conversation with Marty. You and it reminded me that I don't necessarily have to to uh, force myself into the um, the mold or the definition of whatever we perceive netheads is. It's okay every once in a while just to get online and talk as well. You know that that's exactly uh, that's exactly kind of where my podcast came out of was uh, my former podcast from ear to table was very production heavy and had a very heavy format uh, required a lot of research and a lot of writing on the front end in order to make it happen and it became more of a job than I wanted it to be uh, and that kind of led me away from that and in creating this new podcast i kind of openly made it more free format in order to kind of get away from the expected mm-hmm. there you go and, and plus sometimes i think you need to to shake things uh, up every once in a while instead of just uh, doing the same old same old uh, mm-hmm. so that way you know you kind of do uh, get uh, you refresh your battery you 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 shake the the willy woolly and you can start on a new mustache, you know, any way you want to look at it. You gave yourself a little bit of a reset. Uh, and I'm kind of like that's what I had talking to Marty yesterday. And and anyway, I wanted to talk to you because there's one way I really think of you as. And that is one of the people I've seen online who I think is has gone to the most live Hollywood Babylon shows. <laughs> I, I, you know what, if that is the case, then, uh, wow. I, I mean, I, I know, I know there are probably other people, uh, specifically here in LA that have been to more than, than I, Mm -hmm. um, I unfortunately did not get to start attending, until after the Lovitz years. Mm, now you see, so, and, uh, wow, so yeah. it's like a whole different world for you. Right. So, I mean, I listened, but I was never able to attend until after the Lovitz years when we got out here. Um, and that really, you know, I was able to, I was, I was like, I'm here, I can go. And so, so we started doing that. Uh, and it's just been one of those things that, you know, everybody has their church and, Babylon is kind of, you know, a church in that it 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 is is uh fun and and it it gives me pleasure. So dude, you do not in a world where <laughs> we live in a world where there were people that every week would go to a midnight showing of a an incredibly campy musical film. 
and they would interact with it. And there would be people performing the film in front of you as well. I will uh, I will admit to being one of those performers from uh, January to uh, probably December of 1992. Oh, you were one of you were. We're talking about Rocky Horror uh, Picture Show. <laughs> In case, well, d- think about it. I mean, really, <laughs> even though there was this mild revival that they did on Fox, where they basically redid it. I mean. That was a weird thing. I thought that they were going to do it live, but then they kind of did it live like. And yeah. and, and it's like, you know, I could I could get that pro- I could probably still find a theater uh near me that I could uh go see this at if I wanted to. Um Absolutely. All right, within reach. Uh by the way, uh, we'll do a little in in the old radio trade, Jimmy V. This would be a reset where I could say uh, you're listening to the heads and we're talking to podcaster and uh uh, food auteur extraordinaire uh, Jimmy V, who uh, the reason the main reason why you're on is because when there was that special Hard Rock Casino uh, episode of Hollywood Babylon and Jane Silent Bob Get Old, uh, mm-hmm. that's where I got to meet you. And uh, there were a lot of things that came from that night, but I, I and I, 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 there's one I want to get to later. So I'm just gonna say, unless I mention it, kind of don't go there. No worries. Um. And by the way, if you're listening, I'm not covering up. I'm just saying there's a way I want the story to kind of unfold because it's very interesting. So, uh, first of all, I perceived you as this guy that seems to go to a lot of Hollywood Babylon uh, live tapings. And I have to say, having been able to see a few of them, it's completely understandable why. Because, I mean, just from an entertainment standpoint, uh, for for a, a relatively... Um, inexpensive ticket price you can go somewhere uh, you just got to buy two drinks two overpriced drinks which on a friday night if you're going out you're probably going to be doing that anyway right uh, or a saturday night and and you get to sit there and be entertained and, and the thing that i love about hollywood babylon as a show is that it still has kind of that entertainment show structure they have all of their segments that they go through uh so you know what you're getting into anytime you listen to an episode of Hollywood Babylon. Also, it's a great show that gets enhanced by the real world, not only in going to see it, but in the activities that happen in the host's lives. I mean, part of my favorite thing listening, and I don't know why this is a, in a probably going to be an entire uh, episode of Netheads where I'm blowing smoke up Hollywood Babylon's ass, but <laughs> uh, it really is uh, it, it, the first 10 to 15 minutes of Hollywood Babylon quite often are one of my favorite things to listen for because in many ways it's like you're not going to believe what happened to me this week <laughs> from either Ralph or Kevin. Yep. So at what point uh, did you uh, – was there ever a point where your significant other said, uh, really, we're going to do this again? I've I've gotten that a few times. Um and that's okay, but the the thing that's great about my significant other is that she allows me to go by myself. Oh, wow. And so, you know, if she's, uh, you know what, I'm going to rent this, you know, she loves really, like, hardcore horror movies. Oh, wow. Uh, and I'm not that big of a fan, you know. I, I, Green Room, great movie, but, you know, not my cup of tea. I'm, I'm really uh, not big on them either. Yeah, so she loves them, 
And so I'm like, you know, I'll go see Babylon. You rent this on, on, you know, Fandango or whatever, and you have a good night. I'll have a good night. And I'll see you when I get home. And in this day and age, not that I'm saying you would do this, but I mean, the nice thing is that a significant other, uh, by the way, it's his wife. I just, I'm using that <laughs> yeah. because I'm trying to generalize for everyone else. But, uh, it, you know, we live in an age where a significant other could have a, a relative uh, peace of mind knowing that even though their partner is going to a bar uh, and even if they get absolutely totally trashed, you just need your smartphone to get home now. It's like, let me just call up an Uber, take me there, so that way I know I can really have some fun or or just try and, and play a competitive drinking game with Ralph Garman, and <laughs> and then you can get yourself home. So yep. that's that's really cool. And, and you know, there are... There have been times uh, where it, my wife and I will divide up things like that. Like, she wasn't originally jazzed to see The um, the Force Awakens in theaters, but mm. uh, now that she has seen that at home, uh, like, we still need to fulfill our date uh, for going to see Rogue One together. I have She hasn't seen it, I have, but uh, mm. but uh, that's really cool. And, and it's nice that, uh, you know, two consenting adults can have that mutual level of respect for one another to realize you know uh, you know you just go do your thing i'm gonna do mine we're good yeah it was actually uh one time i had gone by myself uh, and this was around the time they were doing the comic-con theater for batman 66 and i think i double dipped one night uh did both the comic-con at followed by the babylon and she ended she had ended up sending in uh, an email uh, <laughs> an email shout out, uh, to me being there by myself, really? uh, Did it get, and it got read, it got read. They, uh, they had fun at my expense and, uh, you know, that, but that's what it's, that's what, it, that's what they do. And that's, and that's absolutely perfectly fine. And by the way, if you are going to go to a live episode of Hollywood Babylon, I would highly encourage you if you do have that creative bit within you. Would be to write in a, a shout out or an email uh, from the, you know, just to mention that you're there and maybe you have something because it's kind of fun to have, be made fun of by the guys as well. I got that yeah. on my birthday one year and that was cool. <laughs> that was actually at the Lovitz. I only remember because I was like on the third floor. That was an, an interesting venue to say the least. I've seen photos, but that's about it. Well, it was really, I mean, at least the guys didn't have to be in the alleyway you know, right before the show, even though that's with, with laws, I think that's just a smoking choice, probably on both members. Uh, yeah. Parts. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I had, I had seen that you were attending a lot of episodes and, 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 or live tapings. And one of the things that I'm always semi hesitant about is, is, and I shouldn't be because that's how I got my co-host, but I'm hesitant about interacting with people on from online. I don't know why. I think I just have, uh, that carryover stigma from the from the 90s if you will mm, yeah uh, but you know i had uh i think at the time we were also coordinating uh trying to get uh hitchbat uh seen by the guys as well right and and were, were you part of the coordination on that i think you put us in touch didn't you i i, I basically yeah i i did a little putting in touch. I emailed uh, through Jordan um, mm -hmm. and then um, had, uh, yeah, and then I sent in an, an HBO email. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was kind of, uh, I think, at 
yeah, I think. And then uh, I had talked to Josh, um, and Josh had mentioned that you were going to be doing it. And so we kind of, I tried to connect just to be like, this thing is going to happen. Yeah. And, and the <laughs> nice, but then the nice thing is that I, I, and this is one of those cool things. Uh, you know, don't be afraid of people online. Cause I got to meet a lot of cool people that night, including a guy that, that turned a, a bucket basically into a superhero lookalike thing and was actually able to go out in the world and do good with it. Yes. That was the most amazing part of the whole thing for me. But also it was meeting cool people because you were cool. That was nice. You were like normal. Uh, and, and, and it was just a really fun night overall. And, and the other thing that I, I remember from that night that I took away, um, it, it's, I don't know. I, maybe other people don't do this the way I do, but I always tend to remember if I'm there for a first time for something. And I don't mean any show. I just mean in life. For example, mm -hmm. uh, there was a poetry reading at Kevin Smith's house that way before I had an affiliation, I, I was able to attend. And it just so happened that that night, uh, writer, script doctor, and a cool guy, funny guy, extraordinaire Brian Lynch mm -hmm. was on the first date with the woman that became his wife. And I only remember that because he told me. So then I'm locked in for the, oh, well, that's, I was there for their first uh, night. That's interesting. That was a first. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, for that night at Hollywood Babylon, what I remember most is that uh, I was there for another meeting of people. And that seems from the outside to have blossomed into something far bigger than what it was at the time. And what I mean is, uh, in, it was either in between the two shows, or it was just prior to the first show of the night, um, you met the people that do a podcast as well, and I think it's called, it's Afterburn, and I never remember the three numbers. 739. And and seriously, did that not just become a, a brief meeting, and it, it seems to have grown into something far more? It it did, and it has. Um Leo and Kitty were the two individuals from the Afterburn 739 podcast. They had literally just started the podcast like a month before and were really excited to see Kevin. Uh, they did both shows that night as well. They, they flew in from Ohio uh, to, to join us, and it was Hitchbat. It was they saw Hitchbat. You know, after the show with everybody else, when we were outside, um, you know, everybody was coming to see Hitchbat after we we met, and then um, we started talking to them. And this, oh, you know what? It was right before the the first show. It was right before the first show. That's right, because they were sitting up in the VIP section. We were across the way, and we met them before the first show, and then. During the second show, we just kept sending drinks back and forth to each other. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the whole time. Because we weren't having to drive anywhere. We were in the hotel. It was. Uh, and by the way, I just have to say, if you ever have to go out of town for either a show or for work, if you get to stay in the same place where you're working, that is, to borrow a uh, Buellerism, it is so choice. So choice. It really is, though. There's no other way to put it. Because you literally just get to yeah. walk out, stagger out, whatever. And, and, of course, now you're going through a casino. So, at the least, you're going to sit down at at least a slot machine for a few minutes. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And then get yourself upstairs. Uh, but uh, we, 
I've just been watching from the outside, and it just seems like uh, not only did you guys meet, but you know, a friendship and a mutual podcast, something or other, has stemmed from there. Oh yeah, they they are great, great folks. They uh, they podcast out of their garage in Ohio, uh, and every Friday night, it's the garage beer podcast with six people five to six people mm-hmm. um, they have multiple skype hookups multiple you know phone line for people to call into and stuff like that and it is just a hoot um, a lot of fun <laughs> they they very much kind of don't have a format like hollywood babylon but they do do they play videos in their garage because they have a big screen tv in there um, so they'll play a video. Oh, check out this video they sent us or check out this image. Uh, that's very much like what they do on Babylon. Uh, they throw in the visuals. Then you go to the website and you look, but you, you get the understanding just by listening as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And, and also just, I mean, can you imagine just being able every Friday, let's get together. We'll just shoot the shit and drink. We'll let other people in on the party. I mean, it's, this is one of the reasons I'm sorry, I know this isn't pod you. I don't know where it's but <laughs> but it really it's it's just one of those things where it's it's very interesting the way that social interaction has kind of changed and grown from from just what it used to be. Oh. Uh you know, m- sometimes to the point where I'm neglecting my family unfortunately. I got to work on that, but uh, other than that, it's it's almost very therapeutic in a way as well. I I always tell Trent that I'm like you're basically this is also like my weekly therapy I don't know why but you know we sit down we talk and I can come out of the office and I feel better so you know wonderful there you go Let's there, in their in their case it's extending their weekend and everybody that listens to them because when you listen to them it's suddenly Friday night in the bar and you're drinking with with a bunch of cool people so you know you, you listen on a Wednesday hey you have a little Friday night mid-Wednesday there you go. It just <laughs> you can play the home game, you know. Right, right. Uh, but uh, but also uh, the thing too is if if you if the live aspect is incorporated and it's at a consistent time, then it means that you also get to do you get to be part of it anyway. You could still sit there with your drink and listen. They have call in capabilities, give you the ability to call into it. Uh, oh, yep. by the way, we do that too. Sorry, uh, but I'm using the Skype to talk to Jimmy V, and I'll more than likely disconnect him. But it's NetHeads on air and Skype if you want to call live. Uh, uh, and, of course, you can also anytime interact with the pro- program, hashtag NetHeads. It, it, that's what happens when you don't have your usual co-host to sit around and tell you how to do things. Right, Trent? At Smodcast.com. He's always here no matter what. Just one button push away. That's not <laughs> nice. creepy at all. So how did you get into podcasting, sir? What happened? It was Kevin. It was Kevin. It was the interaction on social media. It was meeting the Afterburn folks and Chris Kim, uh, the green Korean. Um, and then, you know, the, the blossoming from that social interaction, uh, that, you know, I, when I joined the Twitter sphere, as it were, I was a late bloomer, uh, <laughs> But, you know, met that man on Fat Man, uh, Scott Holden, and, you know, started listening to his podcast, started listening to a lot of other podcasts and stuff. And just Kevin is always out there saying, do it. Just sit down, record, talk about whatever the hell you want. Doesn't matter. Just do it. 
and and keep doing it because it's free and nobody's there to say no. Exactly. So, and you know, in this t- in this day and age, I guess I'll just say, or in in this specific time we're living in, um, being able to have an unmetered voice uh, in many ways, I feel is is extremely important right now. Um, mm. So. You know, because like literally uh, I could sit down and I could do a podcast, talk about anything I want. I can get onto my YouTube channel and I can shoot a video and look people straight in the face and tell them whatever is on my mind. Uh, you know, is that really going to do anything to affect change in the world? I don't know. But it gives you an ability to to have a healthy communication about the way things are right now. And I I don't know. I Did you uh, I, I, I hate to talk about things topical that I, I'm really inept at talking about. Um, but, uh, this whole thing that's going on right now, uh, with, uh, basically Trump and intelligence reports and, and Buzzfeed and everything else, I, I, you know, I think we've lived in, uh, it's been since Bill Clinton, I think we really haven't had so much of a major scandal in a while. Uh, and, and it almost seems like the way that media and news and everything else is going on has become a scandal in itself. I never would have thought we would have lived in such an age that, that well, these things would be happening. This this actually started, oh gosh, 30 years ago, um, almost 30 years ago during the Reagan era when they eliminated the Fairness Doctrine Act that uh, – that eliminate that prevented news outlets from um, um, ratings. So they weren't allowed to sensationalize the news for ratings when they got rid of the fairness because that's what the fairness doctrine prevented. And when they got rid of it, saying no, 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 they should let the media do whatever they want, freedom of the press and the right to free speech. They got rid of the fairness doctrine that prevented news outlets from sensationalizing the media in order to get ratings. And because of that, that's where we are now. Really? We're at the, we're at the point now. Yeah. Research the Fairness Doctrine Act. You'll realize that getting rid of it was a huge mistake. Gosh, and that even you happened know? within my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, because it – and. I think John all God, it's so sad the way I get my thinking in my news, <laughs> but it's true. John Oliver did a piece on, on basically I, the long and short of it is the problem with for-profit news and online journalism. And, and I agree. I feel they are part of the problem uh, because when you have to, to print for pay, uh, you run into issues, you know, when you've got to try and find the next viral thing, if you can't let another website get ahead of you in hits, that in itself is a compromise because, you know, you're, you're instantly looking for something to run and you will make questionable judgments at that point. You know, it's like, if it bleeds, it leads, what have you. Mm-hmm. And, and then that's kind of the era we have now fallen into uh, because, and I'm going to be very, uh, politically neutral in this. Uh, I, I think that's, as somebody that, that talks to other people, I, uh, I'd like to convey the voice that I would like to also hear, which would be a, a politically neutral voice that doesn't take a political side, uh, but merely just takes what I would think uh, would come across as 
uh, I don't want to say an intellectual side, but at least an objective side. Uh, because that's it, it, like in the media, that's what news should be. It should be objective. Uh, but but I, I even said during the election that uh, when they would run print articles uh, or online articles uh, for President-elect Donald Trump, they would always pick the worst picture possible that was taken at the time. It was at the event. It was representative. There's no way it was flattering. Um, and, and that in itself sets a tone. Uh, and and I, I, I and I mean this at a, a base psychological level. If it's a picture of somebody and it's not flattering or it's outrageous, it's going to evoke an emotion. If he's got his mouth open and it looks like he's shouting and he's like bright red, like he's agitated, you know, you're either going to think he's pissed or you're going to get pissed because he's pissed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so that would taint the article for you in a way. Um, and and I don't know. I just. I think that we need to get back to a base point of what journalism is. And, and based on what you're saying, it sounds like we know exactly where the problem was. And, yep. and, and I wish we could do something to rectify it. Uh, because like today during uh, Trump's first press conference, uh, official press conference since becoming uh, president-elect, uh, there was an exchange where he essentially berated a CNN reporter. Mm-hmm. And... and <laughs> And the interesting thing about that was that the way CNN reported, they weren't doing anything to sensationalize sensationalize the content of what was being discussed at the time. They merely commented on its existence, that it was part of this report. You know, whether whether what was being discussed was was valid, uh, real or not, all they were saying was this was in there. And for his attack on them was was very interesting. I think it was mm-hmm. also interesting as well the way his press conference started and it just got right to it. And it mm-hmm. was first the person that announced him, I don't remember who it was, then Mike Pence, and then Trump. And it was just like uh, that was uh, unfair uh, and a media witch hunt by the first guy, media witch hunt by the second guy, media witch hunt by Trump. So they were just punching that idea through the whole way. Well, it you know, the... the... At this point, fake news, real news—it—it it, it, it has become, unfortunately, a subjective issue. And you know, as he's going to sit there and say, "You're fake news," and Breitbart, "You're real news," and his—the people that listen to him are going to go, oh, well, that's now where we get our news from. And now they're going to go only to this news source, which can create their own story, which True. then feeds into the, the, the populace and as a false narrative, um, which, you know, is dangerous uh, to the point where, you know, Fox News defended CNN. Yes, that was, out of everything today, that is probably the most shocking for me, is that a, a an anchor on CNN officially made in a statement saying that, that CNN acted irresponsibly as journalists and they should not be admonished by the president-elect. Again, let's repeat, that was Fox News. News, right? 
that's so. a, you know that's essentially <laughs> like um like John Lovitz standing up for Kevin Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a comparison. That's the only <laughs> that one that came to mind. That 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 would be going that would be John Lovitz going I think Kevin Smith is a funny comedian, and Whoa. he should not be chastised for his comedy. Well, this uh, clearly, there's a pod person involved. <laughs> um, bad example, but you know what I mean. And so right. it's just, I'm just shocked at how weird of times we live in. It's just, and and also, I'm I'm kind of concerned about. Boy, this is getting deep really quick. Not in the way I intended, uh, but. I'm I'm almost concerned in a way as well to kind of the I guess the social vibe that I'm picking on picking up on that I just haven't felt prior to 2016. It just seems mm. like there is a lot of ramped up hostility. Like I and maybe it's just because I'm taking my head out of the sand too, but like for example, I will look at at Trump's tweets on Twitter and I specifically look at it cuz I want to see the comments afterwards. And I just I get to shake my head because I can't believe that on either side of the aisle there are people that get so impassioned about this in, mm-hmm. in, in let's face it, the most inept way possible, okay? Uh, because oh, yeah. if you're replying to Trump's tweet, you're clearly doing it just to make yourself feel a certain way or to get the attention because I guarantee you he's not looking at the responses. Oh, no. I mean, no. come on. First of all, when you're at his level, I mean, even when you're at, uh, like, probably Tila Tequila's level, another bad example, but I'm just trying to think of a, or Danny Bonaducci, maybe, uh, you know, any one of, uh, just uh, Kathy Griffin, maybe, any one of these examples, anybody that's in the limelight of any uh, particular shade, uh, meaning the light, by the way, I want to be clear on that. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think, I'm thinking of a lit spectrum from A grade celebrity to Z grade celebrity is what I meant by that, but boy, did it come out wrong. So uh, when you, when you get into that, I'm, I'd imagine that you just can't look at Twitter. The replies are something you just filter out because you get so damn many, you know, if, I, if I get lucky in hashtag wars, I look down and I see 20 mentions and I'm like, I'm blowing up, but you know, somebody else of, of a much higher grade that has far, like 4 million followers, come on. At that point, responses, you you probably have to turn off just because they would overwhelm your device. I, You know, to some degree, yes, and to some degree, no. Um, I think at, at, at the Trump level, obviously, I, I have to think that he doesn't have his phone on him at all times to the point where he's tweeting or on the computer tweeting um some of the 4 a.m tweets i'm sure are his uh but some of the ones throughout the day i'm sure he might have somebody that he can just scream at and go tweet this i no, i think uh i think that there was an interview it may have been an interview that was done on his plane and he even said um it may have been a print article too i don't know and mm. it all just melds together but but he even said that he, he he'll think of something and then he'll tell one of his assistants to tweet this and they work out how to condense it down to fit it within 140 characters right um which i totally get because believe me if i could if i could even get the echo dot to just and which i probably can please don't school me on this but you know if i could get it to just send tweets i would do that you know and i'm all about dictating the machines now I, they're all around me mm, there you go that's that's definitely a possibility but at the same time 
there are people with 4 million followers that do read their notifications and, you know, and look and at their, I their... don't, I don't know what the situation is like there. I don't, I don't know, uh, whether it's continuously running or it's just like you happen to check that moment. You know what I mean? I'm thinking I, it's one of those things. I think it's, you happen to check at that moment. You might scroll, you might scroll through, you know, a couple pages worth just to see if something catches your eye. You like it. You like it. Occasionally there's a response, but you know, I, people like that. I think there are, there are those that, that do it. And we all know Kevin does it and he's at that, that level. So he interacts for sure. <laughs> right. Know, and I definitely think that it is more than likely just like a, a willingness to dip into the pond at that moment, if you will. You know, it's just exactly. like, I got a few free moments. Uh, what are the people saying? And, yeah. and especially after we heard both on, on Babylon and Smodcast, the story about his interaction with Carrie Fisher, mm -hmm. which I just, I found, I took, I, I sort of took comfort in it because it was nice to hear something about the person that she was uh, in yeah. real life. Uh, and and to be able to have that, you're also kind of happy for the guy because he's able to have that level of interaction with Pete with with yeah. people that we admire. Um, so I, I took some solace in his story and in sharing that. Uh, and and in itself, I think it probably helps send a positive message out there to other people as well. Like I, I it it hearing it is one of those things that once again reminded me. You know, you don't really need to pay attention to subscriber levels or downloads or everything, anything else. If you just enjoy doing it, do it and, mm -hmm. and just stick with that premise and, and don't yeah. worry about what people are going to say because you're just going to do what you're going to do and enjoy doing it. Just do that, yeah. man. That's exactly it. You know, do find something you love and learn how to get paid for it. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the, you know, that's the current motto. And I loved listening to you know, Kevin's short story about, Jay and Silent Bob strike back and getting Carrie Fisher on board the first time meeting her and how she wanted to be paid in beaver chairs. Yeah, well, because, because beaver was this, an appropriate currency for this movie. Absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> hearing that, hearing that, that in, in our own personal sorrow, because we, you know, I like to think everybody cried when, when they heard the news, um, you know, we were in an airport bar having lunch when it popped up on CNN and I was just like, Oh my God, my wife broke down at the bar. Uh, oh. and yeah, it was, it was tough. Uh, but hearing that story, you know, um, definitely made us laugh, made us smile, uh, made us remember the, the, the carry that, you know, she was in Star Wars and, and what she became later in life. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it was it was great. If, so. <laughs> if anyone has uh, the, the other HBO, the literal HBO, uh, definitely check out both the uh, documentary that's coming out about or is out uh, on Debbie, Fish, Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher uh, and their relationship and everything else. But also uh, the uh, wishful drinking uh, one woman show special is, is still available. And so good. It was it, it, it once again, that was it, 
much in the same way that I, I'm sure you watch uh, old videos uh, and look at pictures of lost loved ones, it was it was definitely very uh, comforting to be able to watch that. We interrupt this regularly scheduled listening of NetHeads for a very special announcement. What is that announcement? Treat yourself. How do you do that? Get a loot crate. Let me tell you, Loot Crate is the best surprise you know is coming. Every month they tell you what the theme is, and every month you get to be excited about the things that might be in it. As a matter of fact, I tell you right now, I fight with my daughter every single month, not only for the ability to even open my Loot Crate, but for just about every single item that is within it. And I'm not surprised because Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than $20 a month. Come on! The cost of two or three drinks from Starbucks in order to treat yourself with finer geekery? How can you resist? If you're on a quest for epic gear, housewares, and collectibles, Loot Crate has it. If you're more of a fanatical fashionista, then try Lootware. It's monthly wearables and accessories with cult classics and your favorite franchises. If you want to get fancy, get a bigger box with even bigger loot with Loot Crate DX. Maybe you want to geek out your pet. Guess what? They got loot pets. So let me tell you right now, be the envy of your friends and get your 100% exclusive crates at lootcrate.com slash netheads and enter our code netheads to save $3 off any new subscription. Get ready for January's old school theme, Origins. Loot Crate has awesome and exclusive items from your old school favorites. See where it all started and explore the iconic Origins with historic items featuring Superman, Captain America, Mario, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, including, as always, their monthly t-shirt and exclusive pin. But I'm also gonna warn you right now, do not dilly-dally because as of the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific time, the Origins Crate is gone, done, over, you cannot get it. So go to lootcrate.com slash netheads and enter our code netheads to save $3 off any new subscription today. What are you waiting for? Treat yourself, lootcrate.com forward slash netheads, offer code netheads, $3 off, go now, do it. And I'm always going to have uh, a, a soft place in my heart uh, for Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back because I had, shortly ahead of that movie's release, I had moved down to Los Angeles for work, moved my wife, we got a, a nice house, everything is great, everything is perfect, and three months later, the job is gone. No. I mean, gone. Just <laughs> and And any money that I made off of the sale of one home, I knew was quickly going to be going elsewhere. And it was during that that period, because I, I think it was uh, roughly, I'm going to say it was like June to October. And then finally October, there was a saving grace and uh, something else found. Uh, but so in between there, I, I was still trying to be relevant because that job also had related to radio. And so mm. uh, two things uh, happened that came from that. Uh, one was that I reached out to Kevin just to see if I could get an interview because at the time it was before podcasting. I was just posting audio shows for people to listen to uh, podcasting. Mm. It wasn't widely known at that time. That's the one thing I can remember. And yeah. I had reached out to Kevin about an interview and, and he was really gracious and he was really cool even though uh, that didn't happen. But uh, then okay. what tailed off of that is first he got uh, me into a press screening to see the the movie early. Now, mind you, M Kevin's only experience with me up to that point was interviewing him. Not even potentially, inter not even interviewing him. Oh no, yeah, it was a roundtable interview for Dogma that I did for Play TV at the time. 
Mm. And then, uh, which also got me to the dogma diabetes screening to to see that before uh, release. And mm. then uh, there was, I think he had done that, the streaming radio show on, not streaming radio show, he did the radio show on KLSX at the time and on a okay. weekend. And I had hooked him up by streaming that out. And uh, so that's really all he knew me from before that. But and, and then just out of nowhere from that contact, he invited me to go see the movie early. And then after that, uh, he, again, I don't know if I, I just reached out saying that was really cool, thanks. And then he gave me tickets to the premiere of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and I, I, I will say, I have no idea why. I it just... It must have been that, uh, you know, the, the two W's in my name were entertaining at the moment. I don't know why he did this kindness, but I was literally in one of the lowest points of my life and that came along. So I'm always going to love that movie uh, for that reason, uh, but also because there was an after party that I also got to go to and Ooh. I got to stand at a Sunday uh, bar, you know, just make your own Sunday bar uh, also next to an In-N-Out truck. And, and as I'm trying to decide if I, I want to eat ice cream in front of strangers, I look over and Mark Hamill is perusing uh, the uh, the ice cream and all of the extras. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I just stood there and I'm and I and I I, I couldn't talk. I you, couldn't you, say yeah. a thing. Yeah, that's that's when you know I. I would love to say something at that point, but anything that would come out of my mouth would just sound like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Or it would have been a horrible Sunday related pun using some of the dialogue from Star Wars, which, you know, which would not have ended uh, well at all. I you know what? I think a a philosophical discussion on the toppings and placement might have been uh, a little more of what he was looking for at that moment. Yeah, exactly. You know, not like uh, (laughs) these aren't the toppings you're looking for or something else really stupid. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, so that uh, was yeah, and that night was interesting because if you remember the people in that movie, there were a lot of them there. There and they had also set up like diner booths on the perimeter. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I looked over at a booth at one time and I saw, I think it was Will Ferrell, and uh, I can't even remember who was sitting. It doesn't matter. I saw Will Ferrell sitting there. Like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't talk to anybody <laughs> at all. So I just uh, actually the one thing I also remembered about that is it gave me my what I, I consider my quintessential. Hollywood experience. Oh. Which was some somebody came up and started talking to me for just a moment and they asked me what I did and I said, Oh, I nothing entertainment related and they practically left skid marks. They were gone so fast. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, a, and it wasn't a party bit, like that. It, yeah. I, I oh, you're networking. not industry, you can't do anything for me. I gotta yeah. go. And and but you know what? I had no malice at all. I just I, that happened and I'm just like, you know what? Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly it. Uh, you know, I, I see with my background and my work, I want to be the person that plans that after party. Oh, that that gets the catering, gets the booze, gets the stuff, gets the entertainment, does all that. That's my gig. Now that I'm sounds, not the, that sounds yeah. like a very fun but stressful job to have. Not really. I mean, a little bit of stress depending on the event. Obviously, you know, the bigger the event, the bigger the client, that kind of thing. Yeah, you can stress yourself out. But with with the contracts that I have currently, 
and the time that I've been doing them, it's, it's very easy. Um, and it's very, it's very rewarding because it's like we were talking about, you know, doing that different format. Every, every event is a little bit different. And so I got to adjust, I got to, you know, Oh, this is going to be this, this is going to be that. And it keeps it fresh. Yeah. It gives you, it gives you that shake up. Like I said, Mm -hmm. um, I, the other thing, I don't even know why they did this, but, and I don't know how often this is done, but they also took over a parking lot to have that after party in. Do mm-hmm. you do you find yourself uh, having to book unique venues at times just to make sure you can accommodate the date? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, depending on the date, depending on the size, depending on the location, I've I've spilt over into the parking lot. Um, I've looked at uh, you know having to order a three hundred by one hundred tent or three hundred by fifty tent. Um, you know with with ventilation air conditioning stuff like that uh, yeah you, sometimes you take over a parking lot sometimes you have a ballroom that's big enough sometimes you know you're doing a 5k across a golf course <laughs> oh golfers love that i bet <laughs> well you you do the early morning and you you know they block tea times till you know 8 30 or you know whatever you have a 6 30 start time and so you do things like that and the golf course doesn't care because they're getting paid, you know. Oh, and I'm or, sure they've also got a surcharge in there for grounds fees. Well, yeah, if you're if you're doing something that involves being on the grounds, but like with with something like that, you plan your perimeter, you know, off of the greens or off of the things like that. You cart path it or you go around the outside. Uh, <laughs> By the it way, depends I, on where you are. I just want to share a, a tweet that that came in on hashtag Netheads. Uh, because uh, it, this is very, it, it's nice to know that your audience knows you, you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. It's comforting to know that, that what they come to expect from you. And in this case, the tweet was basically, uh, I'm just going to bed. Great conversation. Hope you can uh, post it soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, understood. I know. Well, yeah, know. That, yeah, there it is. That was Roller Dog NC. Well, you know, we are late. I mean, it's it's almost midnight on the East Coast, so. Oh, uh, well, you know, us left coasters. <laughs> that's that's one thing I can't uh, adjust very well to is the um, having an East Coast schedule, but having a West Coast family. Um, I, but I finally have gotten to that point where I think I'm comfortable with five to six hours of sleep, so it all works out. You know what? I I am an early riser. Um, like this morning, I woke up at six thirty, and that's the latest I've slept in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm usually up between five, five thirty, um, and I'm up during the night. I'm usually a good six hours. That's all I need. Ten to ten to five, ten to four, kind of thing. There you go. Now so, for me, it's more like midnight till like till five when I get up. Not that people want to hear about my yeah. sleep patterns. But- <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy V, I got to say, thanks for dropping in. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about, sir? We didn't really. You know what? Uh, just love. Uh, we love the Babylon. We love the sir. We love all of it. And that's what we keep on doing. And I keep saying we because I'm a Gemini. By the way, have you submitted any of your podcasts to Pod U? I have not uh, yet. Um, I, was, I, I just dropped episode 11 today of the Delete Before Listening podcast. And uh, my From Ear to Table, I'm going to repost through Delete Before Listening since I have that account up now on SoundCloud mm-hmm. uh, on the pro level. So 
I'll re-release it through that. But um, I'm not looking for anything other than doing what I do. Uh, and I'm afraid of something like Pod U or or anything like that that would make it more of a job than I want it to be at this point. <laughs> Well, it's just maybe in the future, maybe in the future, I'll think about it. You just like you just like <laughs> being able to record and when you record them, post them. You know, I got to tell you, it's pretty much come down to a lot of people uh, just doing that. Uh, it is. Although I, I will still say that that consistency and and I'm and one thing I, I've always I've wanted to try and do, but uh, Trent and I haven't done this, and maybe I'll, I can use these uh, alternative podcasts, if you will, mm -hmm. to netheads. For this is I, 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 I'm very interested to see what happens to the metrics if you do more than one episode a week. You know, so in other words, if you're if you're something that's there for people more than just once a week, does that somehow raise awareness? Let me ask you this question. Riddle uh, me it, man. Not not knowing what the listening patterns of people are like because podcasts still haven't had that kind of tracking metrics. Um, do you think it, like me, I find that there gets to a point where I've got so many podcasts that I want to listen to the ones that are scheduled. I, I can listen to, but I find they tend to back up more than the ones that just pop up every couple of weeks or every you know if i've got a brand new episode of something uh that comes out on a unscheduled basis i will listen to that first because i don't know when the next one's going to come out well that's and also kind of like oh hey look it's one of those yeah exactly exactly and so then you listen to that one knowing that Hey, my regular every Wednesday podcast will still be here and I can catch up and binge listen in the future. Yeah. But you I, can't binge listen to the unexpected. Well, and the uh the other thing too that I have have wondered is also is length important? Now I've wondered this in other ways, but specifically <laughs> in podcasting. I wonder if there's also a, and and by the way, I'm sure there are people that have uh, done papers on this. For example, I know that that uh, a preferred time, if you're a once a week podcast to drop, is earlier in the week because people are like, especially on a Monday, people are looking to fill their time, or more to the point, they're looking to avoid work at any cost that they can get <laughs> away with, and escaping within a podcast while you're doing your monotonous work is one of them. So. Mondays and Tuesdays are like the two hottest days I have heard and read uh, to drop a podcast. Uh, I have a nagging suspicion that a shorter and more frequent frequent podcast would do better than an infrequent long one. Um, and, and part of the reason why I think that is naturally only because of my experiences in life. Since I have stopped commuting and started working from home, I have found that my podcast listening has gone down exponentially yep because uh the major uh, amount of time i spend on my as i call it my nine to five uh that requires more attention that podcasting would allow me <laughs> yeah i guess it's the bit you know i have to and plus i'm getting older you know i forget passwords now so uh, <laughs> i know me too <laughs> so it's like uh, i really have to concentrate when i'm working on stuff so i i don't listen to podcasts as much as i used to i also don't 
drive as much anymore. So again, it, it's getting reduced down, uh, which is why I'm wondering if that would happen. Not to mention, if you have, if you're just asking for a, a 20 minute commitment from somebody, it, it's probably a lot easier for them to say yes to that than it would be to sit down for anything in excess of I would put at an hour is my guess. But you know. What do I know? You know, the most popular, one of the most popular podcasts on our network, well, almost all of them, tend to go 90 minutes and people don't mind. So, yeah. You know, I think the important thing to remember about podcasting is that it is still literally the wild, wild west. Uh, You know, anybody Mm -hmm. can plant a flag, claim some land, try and set up a farm, and, and it doesn't matter. And there's probably, other than having celebrity, there's probably no true uh, method of success, if you will. Uh, because it is such niche marketing as well. I mean, yeah, and success, success in the podcasting world is is limited on your commitment to it. <laughs> you know, because I mean, you look at someone like Mark Marin. His life is his podcast, mm-hmm. and he he goes and does stand up. You know, in order to keep fresh, to keep the ideas coming. You know, and to keep things going like that, but you you have to be committed to that level um, in order to get Barack Obama on your podcast. You know, yeah, well, that kind of thing. So, and and I'm sure there are uh, podcasts that are popular that I've never listened to, and they have high listenership and everything else. And and sometimes there's a team behind them. Sometimes it could just be one person, uh, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. Scott Holden. I mean, that's a guy that I am convinced for a, a very long span spent several hours a day, not only in the podcast itself, but in the the marketing of it. Because everything you read and everything they tell you, uh, purportedly in different articles here and there, you know, it makes you feel like you have to have this this uh, social media imperative and exposure and a new way to interact every other day or something. And, yeah. and and I don't have that level of I got two kids. I shouldn't even <laughs> I shouldn't even be in here right now and my wife will completely agree with me on that. Right. Um, because I should. I should be out there with my family right now. I spend far too much time in this office. By the way, folks, if you if you have the opportunity to work from home, please know that one of the things you will do is subconsciously eat up your own time and actually do more work. So watch out. It's so true. Your office will become your your mental escape. Oh, and and not to mention it, it, the problem too is is if you suddenly have an idea or something like oh I forgot I wanted to do that and then you just want to sit down to leave yourself a note. Next thing you know, two hours have gone by and you've got a whole new report put together, which is wonderful. Uh, but again, you're neglecting your family. Oops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you gonna do? What can you do? Well, anyway, Jimmy V, thank you so much for uh, dropping in. Uh, I, we're we're kind of hitting that time limit. I got to get out there to the family, and uh, you know, we both have lives. I'm sure you don't want to sit do. around talking to some Yahoo up in Northern California. I, you know what? I can talk for hours, uh, and I can talk about uh, a, a million different things, uh, stories galore. But uh, it's been a pleasure, dude. I I, I would also say the same, and I, uh, hopefully. Uh, I didn't talk too much, but I, I think that is uh, inevitable. You know, the one thing I can't figure out, if I feel like I'm the guy who talks a lot, I'm starting to think that the algorithms of YouTube just like the way Trent looks better than I do. Because <laughs> when we do the video, 
I think like nine times out of ten, it picks him as the thumbnail. And I'm so lazy, I just let it run. Uh. <laughs> uh, but I'm just like, I, is, it, is, it, is it because I look like a human uh, Mr. Potato Head? Is that the problem? You know? You and, know? And, He's got the glasses and the beard and and then the warmer look. It it makes me wonder. I'm I may be paranoid here, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I I'm I I I can't I can neither confirm nor deny how that's uh that's happening. Um but it does. It happens. But you know what? We we want to get you guys down, you and the family. You need to bring the kids down to Universal to Disney. You know, come do the LA thing on a Babel weekend. I have, I, we have been down there actually, uh, Disneyland, well, not only is it a wonderful expense, but, uh, also it's, it's a little complicated because the last time we were there, it was about 18 days after I had a really bad car accident and, and, and it just so happened that I think it was either on, we were going to Disneyland the day after Christmas and uh it was on christmas the day before christmas i believe suddenly my back just started hurting something fierce and by the time we were down in disneyland my back pain was at the point where any type of movement not only did it it hurt but then subsequently trying to breathe would hurt as well it was it like nothing i've ever experienced and needless to say, uh, it was by far the worst trip to Disneyland we've ever had, and it was all because of me. So, oh. so it's it's almost like I I'm hoping I haven't ruined the Magic Kingdom for my family, uh, and I and I have to be sure that I am in tip top shape in order to go. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, definitely. I would love to do that, and I've been and and like that that weekend there was also a, a babble, I believe. Uh, or or some other time we were down there. But, you know, my biggest problem, though, is uh, going to another town and having to have somebody that can stay with my children, you know, because in a, in, a, in, a, in a town oh, yeah. where you don't know people, you don't yeah. want to uh, use a shoot. service or what have you. So, but believe me, I've run, I've, I've had that thought, but I also, All right. I, little secret, I don't think my wife has ever listened to Hollywood Babylon. Oh, well, then, you know, you got to bring her to the show and write in a shout out for her. Well, I think. Yeah, <laughs> see there what you the go. Germans see what the Germans could recommend her to do while she's in town. By the way, I, I used to love the Germans, but the way <laughs> things have been going in the world. It's, you know, the last one was really good on, on New Year's Eve. Um, and then um, it'll be interesting to see. We're going to be, I'm going to be at the one on January 27th with Jeremy Simser mm. uh, from Supergirl Flash. Yeah, which by the uh, way, if you guys don't follow him on Twitter, I'd highly recommend it, especially if you're into the CW shows, because this is the man that does, or he's one of the people, I shouldn't say the man, I don't know what the behind the scenes are, but I can confirm that he is <laughs> at least one of the people that, that draws the storyboards that they uh, use in order to visualize their shots uh, for the, the, the Flash and Supergirl. And it is so great to see during those shows, uh, he will post images uh, of the storyboards as well after they've happened. So it's great to be able to see how it was drawn to how it was brought to reality. And if if you're not familiar with uh, those shows, you may have seen uh, one of Kevin's jerseys, his Flash jersey that has the... Uh, Looks like the comic book panel on the cover of the Flash breaking out of the panel in Speed Run. 
that's one of Jeremy's uh, storyboards that wasn't, he did. Wasn't that a gift to Kevin from Jeremy? Yeah, he uh, he had it made uh, for Kevin and then presented it to him when he went up and did the last Flash episode. That is so cool. Yeah. It really he's, is. He's that kind of guy. And so I am pleased uh, to be taking my wife to join him and his partner for dinner and the show on 27th. So, And by the way, I got to say, if you are a NetHeads listener and you are in the Los Angeles area and you haven't taken in a Hollywood Babylon episode but you've always wanted to, I would highly recommend going to this one that that, that Jimmy V is talking about on the 27th, not because uh, of any promises of the content. (laughs) Nice sneeze. Uh, But (laughs) but just because, uh, folks, there are going to be friendlies there that you could potentially find or hook up with ahead of time to, to organize a, a gigantic get together, which, lo- which I would love to see. And, and you can, all you got to do is it's a uh, big daddy, Jimmy V on Twitter. That's it. And, uh, and, and you know what? Jeremy Simser as well. Is that with two M's? No, uh, no, one, one, M. one M. No hyphen though. Right. Correct. No, just Jeremy Simser, S I M S E R. Mm-hmm. uh on twitter um and yeah if, if, if anytime you're in the la area you're coming to you you want to come to a babylon show you don't know anybody you want to come by yourself you're going to come by yourself shoot me a tweet let me know bonnie bonbon bonnie adams from england did that last year we connected we had dinner we had a great time we got her up on stage for a selfie with kevin and ralph it was brilliant uh really had a great time with her loved meeting fans of the show so send me a tweet yeah there you go folks uh and hopefully if nothing else with this episode of netheads we could bring people together yeah but thanks for dropping in man my pleasure i really had a great time and a great talk uh even though boy we we went in in so many different directions (laughs) but you know i gotta save the tech talk and stuff with trent like you know there you go next episode i'm gonna reveal to him that i've actually gone back to an iphone Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and also, by the way, I have to say, too, uh, sitting in what I call my self-financed uh, studio here, I, I, I bought the most ridiculous thing off of Amazon uh, for a, a very specific reason, uh, and it was, uh, it was a pair of uh, open box uh, speakers that are made by, I think uh, the name of the company is Insigna or something along those lines. It's a brand that okay. I only see in Best Buy. Yeah, and there's nothing special really about these speakers. You know, they they do have good sound and they do have a subwoofer. But the whole reason why I got them is because they also have this separate puck that you can control the volume with, or you can plug your headphones into. And I kid you not, I bought this thing solely because I could plug into the headphone jack of the mixer uh-huh. and, and listen to things through the mixer, like music or what have you. And then when I can sit down here for podcasting or for anything else, I can just plug into the puck because Unfortunately, all of my headphones don't have long enough cords to reach where the mixer is. <laughs> so it's it's literally just a, a go between. It's for the puck. That's it. The really, it's all for the puck of it. Hi, <laughs> right, there's all the show for, title for the. Puck there you of go. It. <laughs> all for the puck of it. All right, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Until next time. My name is Will. I'm Big Daddy Jimmy V. I always love it when special guest hosts just jump in on that. And I'm probably never going to stop telling everyone how much I love it when it happens. <laughs> and I'm sorry for that, folks. Anyway, until next time, been another edition of Heads. You can find it one place almost always at smodcast.com. 
This is NetHeads with Will Wilkins and Trent Hunsaker. Signing off. Aww. I know, right? But stop being a little Nancy and deal with it. NetHeads. We'll be back soon. Goodbye. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir. Only at Smodcast.com. See, and just like that, it's a podcast. I love that outro. I love that serious network outro. Uh, you I know, whistle to it every time. <laughs> I have to admit, uh, I do too. And uh, the other day, because uh, people on the internet may have, uh, have noticed that the coloring of the website has converted over from um the previous uh oilers colors to now the is it the blackhawks yeah it's the blackhawks Blackhawk Black color scheme because you know that's the same color scheme as his jersey i've been wondering when this was going to be requested i've literally been sitting and waiting since we've gone black and red if you will um and uh, where was i going with this i don't know i don't know either <laughs> i was on the i'm like i'm on the website now what am i what am i looking at well, why am I bringing? Hold on. What did you say right before I said that? And for the life of me, why can't I remember? Oh, pothole. Oh, uh, yeah. I was. Well, I wish. Um, no, <laughs> if it was. Um. Oh, yeah. It was the whistle. So I was wondering if that was going to get revised anytime soon because you know things go in stages, and we've seen the the artwork for the podcast get updated a few times, and um, you know, the site has gone through a few iterations, mm-hmm. but that, that whistle has almost become a brand in itself. And, and I don't, I don't know that I ever want to mess with it or get rid of it. I, I'm almost fearful of the day that that happens. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason why it should change. I mean, it's like they're, they're not going to change the, I mean, it's sad that I never hear the Fat Man on Batman theme song anymore that mm. Kevin that Kevin did. You know, I I want to hear that theme song because he he fucking busted his ass on that. That was good good tune that he uh, he put together. Well, you know, I don't know if you know this, but you might be talking to somebody that could do something about that. Well, I I missed that theme song. But here's the thing. I would love to hear it re-recorded because Kevin did the vocals, but re-record it with Mark and maybe share and, and maybe bounce some of the stanzas back and forth. You if could, they did, you could do that. You could totally do that uh, with that song. And, and, and that way, maybe it incorporates. I mean, they did great because and now even though I mean, Fat Man on Batman really has transitioned from a podcast to a video cast that is podcasted correct and as such the 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 new intro the intro that they have it can't be this 30 second song it has to be this dun 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 boom graphics there's another reason why one if you just think of it from a technical technical standpoint or or a technical one whatever that is it sounds like it involves (laughs) testicles so maybe stay away from that one but Mm. the uh the the current theme it we could do it as long as they're dropping the song in post 
And I was able to convince the guys to drop the fade a little sooner and not have them talk over it because that that right there makes it very difficult to use the old song. It, it is. It's very difficult to use the old song. And I think it's okay. I miss it. I mean, I can go back and rip it and make it an MP3 if I want to. Um, it was great when it was the podcast and you would, you That's know, true. It's he not, was it's... recording it. But in this current iteration, yeah. uh, where we are now, I don't, I, I, it doesn't fit. Um, I do wonder when, if ever, they'll change the A to an E. Not from Fat Men on Batman? Fat Men on Batman. That sounds more like a porn. Yeah. <laughs> Was that Kevin's response? Is that his official stance on it? No, I'm just saying <laughs> Fat Men on Batman. That that sounds like porn. Fat Men on Batman. Uh, you know, Fat Man on Batman still sounds kind of, you know. It's not so bad, but fat. the minute you pluralize it, well, now it's a threesome. Well, well, yes, now it's a threesome, but it takes it out of being the creepy guy alone in his basement. Oh, instead, we're just creepy guys in our second bedrooms. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. 